Do you think you're less confident or naturally confident? In today's show, we will discuss resilience and confidence and how understanding this can impact on your whole life. Assalamu alaikum. This is your hostess, Aisha Ikram, for Born to be Resilient show. For those of you who don't know me, I am a transformational coach for professionals and entrepreneurs. I help them being in tune with their innate resilience that they were born with by sharing a simple understanding of how thoughts work. And understanding this can affect all areas of their life. As being a professional and entrepreneur myself, I realize the importance of understanding our emotions so we can respond to a situation rather than being in on a constant emotional roller coaster that can affect our relationships be it personal or professional relationships it can impact our work-life balance our communication skills and not to mention our oral confidence but my mission is to change this for you and help you experience life as a daily choice of emotional clarity through understanding how your thoughts work, followed by creating a simple strategy to help you creating insightful actions using your innate wisdom. To fulfill this mission, I work behind the scenes to ensure that I bring on guest speakers on board who are experts in their respective field. And today we will discuss how developing confidence can impact your whole life and not just your uh, resilience. And what can you do when you think that you're not being confident in one situation, but naturally confident in another situation? And more important, the thing that you are trying to be confident in, is it in alignment with you, you know, with truly who you are? So today we will discuss with our guest speaker, Sister Hafsa Adam, a confidence coach. And I will also, um, you know, invite you guys to be an interactive um, guest, you know, be as much interactive as you can with our guest today and ask questions, especially if it's something to do with your confidence or with resilience. So a little bit about Sister Hafsa. She is the founder of Confident Muslima and she's a confidence coach, public speaker, community worker, entrepreneur, mom of three with a proven ability to help others find the best in themselves. She has years of experience in delivering talks, running workshops, and coaching women around the world. She is most passionate about helping women to be comfortable in who they are, to help them push past any barriers holding them back, and to raise their self-belief so they can take positive actions towards their personal and professional goals with long-lasting confidence. Please join me welcoming Sister Hafsa from London, UK. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Aisha. How are you? I'm well, alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair for having me here. Jazakallah khair. Yes, for joining. Subhanallah, you're shining. I'm orange, actually. Yes, you're sure. <laughs> to be honest. Well, I've got the sun directly on me right now, but hopefully it will start to shift and I won't be yes. an orange. Or a different shade of orange, at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's same here, to be honest with you. Look, you know, I'm just changing shades myself. But uh, uh, yes, you know, it means the sun is out. Alhamdulillah, it's a glorious day. Shukr alhamdulillah. Yes, yes Allah. Very grateful. So, um, so glad to have you here. Uh, would you like to share with viewers a little bit about your background? Um, so, I'll try not to go too back. Um, but alhamdulillah, I um, I started, I've always sort of had entrepreneurship in my blood, so I've always done one thing or another, right. but I kind of stumbled into coaching, I would say. Um, you know, I set up a number of businesses and for various reasons, I didn't feel that they were aligning with my values. Mm -hmm. um, and I always wanted to stay in integrity with my values. So mm -hmm. as hard as it was, I, I closed them down and kept reinventing myself and reinventing myself until I got to a point where, you know, I closed actually quite a big business down and it was doing well. And, you know, I thought, well, okay, you know, I need to reinvent myself again. But this time was a bit different because this time I took some time out and mm -hmm. did some of the deeper work, you know, and I 
accidentally, accidentally sort of found myself working with a coach and went through coaching and, you know, self-discovery and gosh, I just, you know, it was insight after insight after insight and it was just amazing, subhanAllah, and I realized so many things about myself, which, you know, and I was operating from a certain space, not even knowing what was driving those decisions, why I was showing up the way that I was. I was just, you know, they talk about cause and effect. Mm. I realized how much I was just in effect mode. Mm. And what coaching did really helped me see how I can take responsibility for the causes and then truly feel a difference on the outside. So Alhamdulillah, you know, through coaching, I just, through being coached, I actually Mm. fell up with coaching and discovered Mm. this whole world of personal development and how, you know, amazing it is and, and actually how as cliched as it is the term transformative you know it really mm. transformational for me and although probably on the outside looking in people didn't really see that much of a difference and everything changed for me on the inside so you know, confidence was a big thing that i worked on because i think i was a master at masking how mm. perhaps insecure or you know how much self-doubt i had um, just how underconfident I felt, but I would mm. go out there and put a performance, the performance mm. of my life very often, you know, and um, what this did was it helped me close the gap, you know, so that I could actually just show up as myself and just be, you know, just be honest and as sincere as I could, inshallah. And so I really do believe first and foremost that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really guided me and showed me this way and sometimes, you know, you go through difficult situations or doors closed and at the time you're thinking ya Allah you know this door closed and you know it's really hard but mm-hmm. as I said hindsight is twenty twenty, and you look back and you think that was the best thing that ever happened so closing those businesses down you know finding coaching alhamdulillah and then finding my niche and confidence mm-hmm. um, really it's such a blessing for me alhamdulillah and shukra alhamdulillah I feel privileged to be able to help so many other people connect with their deeper selves and you know find their inner confidence alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, a long answer to your short to your short question (laughs) no i love it you gave so much information so much value just by sharing your story um because first of all importance of coaching you have walked that talk right we all talk about coaching but unless you have experience that, that uh, you know, coaching journey yourself, you understand how it impacted your life. And you said you had so many insights and I keep on sharing this with, with my audience and I keep reminding myself as well, just one single insight is strong and powerful enough to transform your whole life, right? And when you have this level of consciousness, then the amount of you know transformation you can have, there isn't really any upper level, right? The yeah. sky is literally the limit. Uh, oh, you I, know. I truly yeah. believe I'll be on this journey till the day I die, and yeah. you know, and it's a constant discovery of the self. Um, there are certain things that do get easier, though. You know, yes. management and mastery of the self can get easier. The more we understand, the more we learn, the more we keep testing out, the more we, you know, because the reality is that there are things that we know and there are things that we don't know. Right. Right. And right. there are things that we don't know about the world, and there are things that we don't know about ourselves. Right. And once you gain that insight and you gain that understanding about something about yourself, you can't unlearn it. You don't yeah. suddenly not know it. You don't suddenly, you know, um, you know. So that's something you can. And then it's a choice. Then it becomes a choice whether you, you know, carry on from that space of knowing, or just choose to sort of fall back into old habits, patterns. And I know it's hard sometimes to take responsibility for that because, yes. you know, sometimes we just want to feel like, well, I, just, I don't know how to do it any other way. But, you know, we do. And the more we can take responsibility for that, the more we can actually gain control and then create the life that we want, inshallah. Exactly. So I am wondering, you know, you mentioned about having a few businesses in the past and then through closing one of your business, which was quite successful, because sometimes this can stop people in their tracks. I know for me, for sure, this was true with an entrepreneur. I have some 
everything working out so perfectly and uh, among it's really difficult to close that but then you have to sort of weigh in your options it's affecting your mental and your physical health your emotional health of your says you know the 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 revenue is coming in so did you have to go through that transition for yourself um massively massively i would say that you know i was doing a so basically I was running an event consultancy business and I love doing events, you know, it's kind of, I feel that's in my blood too, you know, I, I come to life, you know, there's so much creativity and, you know, that you can bring to events. Um, and so I, I loved it. it, was my, it's definitely one of my passions and still is, but doing an event consultancy business, you know, you're working all the unsociable hours, you're working evenings, you're working weekends and it's, uh, you know, the run-up, the pre-run to an event is pretty, you know, heavy and, and full on. And so for me, it was um, a question of my work-life boundaries. And I say boundaries and not balance because that balance is always shifting and changing. And it's really about creating boundaries and uh, knowing what they are. And, you know, when we push through in one area of our life, there's always a trade-off. Right. Yes. Me. I just, although mashallah, the business was growing and, and quite a, an exponential rate and I was getting um, a lot of offers to consult on events, you know, it just, the, the family boundary I felt was getting upset. And that mm. to me just wasn't worth the trade-off. So mm. uh, it's probably one of the hardest things I had to do, but I did close. I just, I just, I said no to everything and just walked away, literally. Lock, stock and barrel, just said, I'm done. And I walked away. And I think that's probably why I then ended up on the sofa, a bit depressed, a bit like, you know, what do I do now? You know, and, and that's kind of how I stumbled across coaching, being coached. And um, yes. and, and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. You use something, you use a term, and I'm beginning to make distinction that for that myself. Work-life balance versus work-life boundaries. How, how would you, you know, define those two? What's the difference? Because a lot of people, they do relate to work-life balance because that word has been drilled in for so long in you know personal yeah. development world. How would you create a distinction? I mean, personally, I think sometimes we can get caught up in semantics and you know and in, and the jargon of it all. But in reality, in essence, yeah. you know, in essence, what we're talking about is knowing how far you want to push in one area, knowing your priorities, knowing your values knowing your order of priorities because you know if for example your rest your health is a priority a value that you hold but we've placed it low down and then we're pushing pushing in business and it's back to back and you're exhausted and you're not eating properly and you're not sleeping then we've crossed over some boundaries there massively and it will catch up the reality is that's not sustainable right so actually whether you want to call it no. balance, you know it is I say boundaries because the balance is always shifting. The balance is always changing. You know, it's, uh, you know, you, your situation never stays the same, right? So we're constantly mm. having to work at that balance. So if I, for example, if I say my balance is, you know, 50% work, 50% home, and then let's say my, one of my children are transitioning to a school or, or something, that ratio may need to change. Exactly. And so then it's a question of, okay, what are my boundaries? How much do I want to be there for my kids versus, you know, and support them and, and support them through this transition mm. as opposed to just saying, right, 50% here, 50% there, because that just might not be applicable at that point in time. Yeah. And it may not, it may, it may shift, you know, based on shift, what's, yeah. yeah, it may shift based on your priority in that moment, right? It's not like a stepping stone and you have to keep it like that. Right. So, yeah, that's good. That's important. So I am wondering, you know, you are a confidence coach, right? And you did mention initially your own journey of how you got into coaching. So was that was confidence one of the biggest transformation for you that, you know, that inspired you to become a confidence coach? Yeah. So I would actually say more specifically, there was an area that I so desperately wanted to be good at but was really struggling with hmm. and that's public speaking hmm. and of course public speaking is linked to confidence you know do I have the confidence to go on stage and speak publicly and feel like I'm doing a good enough job 
Right. And my, as far as I can remember as a child, I had an extreme phobia of public speaking to the point that I would have massive physical symptoms. Mm. I would, I would, <laughs> I got really creative with my exit route. School, college, uni, it, you know, it was really, it felt life or death for me. It was yeah. that strong. I remember hiding behind, you know, the big old overhead projector projectors and, you know, I'd, I'd make a, a, a toilet break excuse, you know, and, and hide for half an hour. You know, literally it was it was paralyzing for me. Mm. But I always still put myself into positions where I had to do public speaking of some capacity, whether it was, you know, running circles or whether it was, uh, you know, leading um uh, some some Islamic talks or, or you know whatever it was it was always I found myself desiring that and I put mm. myself and I'd struggle so bad mm. mm. and I remember distinctly you know one point and this is not that long ago mm. saying to myself wow you know mm. if I can get over this if I can mm. get over this and if I can stand on stage and I can speak without all the fear the panic and all of that mm then you know what, anyone can do anything. And I will shout and scream to the world that, listen, you can do it if I, because it just felt like at that point, something I could never, ever, ever, ever mm. get over. It, mm. it just felt like this will always be my nemesis. This will always be my monster. But by shifting my perspective, understanding what fear really is and how it works and where it comes from and taking responsibility, changing my story, changing my perspective, Alhamdulillah, shukra alhamdulillah, I'm now able to stand on stages, I've been privileged to speak to hundreds of people and, you know, and I enjoy it and I look forward to it and, you know, it, it's something that doesn't paralyze me anymore, alhamdulillah. So, mm. I would say confidence, yes, and more specifically, public speaking was a big thing that I overcame, alhamdulillah, by the mm. rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yeah. And now you help other people, you know, who might be struggling with same kind yeah. of, yeah. you know, fears. Yeah, and it's not that hard. It really isn't. I mean, as I said to, to you earlier, it really, literally felt like life or death for me. Like, if I go, I won't survive. Like, it felt that, you know, you get that flight or fight response. Cortisol is just flooding your body. It's very physical. It's very, you know, there's a lot of chemistry going on. That's that's, you know, when we give in to the fear and we pay attention to the fear. But you know, fear, yeah, yeah. Subhanallah. What I was gonna say is, fear is just a repetitive thought, right? That goes on to, you know, it's like always on autoplay. If you think about it more, it gets a lot of energy, and the more energy you give it, it becomes bigger and stronger. The best thing to deal with fear is obviously not give it energy. And thoughts, thoughts are transient. You know, they move from one place to another. It never stays the same. Otherwise, we won't be able to do, be, or have whatever we want to be in our life, right? If we just focus on one thought for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And I'd say it's twofold. You know, it's it's addressing the thoughts. Yes. And redirecting those thoughts and our perspectives, but also take action. Right. You know, those two go hand in hand. And, you know, so much of our wisdom comes from the Quran and the Sunnah, subhanAllah. You know, in the Quran, Allah always talks about those who believe and do righteous deeds. So you're talking about belief, knowledge, plus action, you know, and it's the same that we can apply in our life, you know. So once we understand and we change the way we're processing our thoughts and holding on to certain thoughts and releasing certain thoughts, and we've done that deeper inner work, it's also very much about taking action. And, you know, we're not talking about the big, massive action, small, tiny baby steps, but we want to keep moving forward in that direction. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Yes, you reminded me of two very um, profound um, hadith, right? One is that obviously, yes, we have tawakkul, right? But having tawakkul doesn't mean that we stop taking actions. Absolutely. Actions are equally important. And, you know, if we prepare a nice, lovely meal and it's sitting in front of us, if you want to enjoy that meal, we have to physically, you know, hold eat it, it. Yeah. eat it right we have to take one bite at a time and again second thing that you mentioned which is again it's very small but full of wisdom you said that it doesn't have to be a massive action it could be a small and prophet Muhammad, he used to say that you know allah loves small but consistent actions one of my favorite subhanallah yeah 
And I live by that. Honestly, there are so many things in my life I would love to do in one big giant leap, but it's just not going to happen, right? So I like doing small things, but they, as long as they are consistent. And, before, and that's the key, yeah. Yeah, before adopting another big habit, I would say stick to you know your small habits that you have been doing for a while and then improve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the problem is most of us don't give it that consistency. We try it once, it doesn't work, <laughs> and we hold on to that and then we react. We continue for, and it can be years even, we continue reacting to that one moment where it didn't work. But subhanAllah, you know, it's actually from things not working, doing things wrong, falling down. This is all natural and part of the process that we can learn how not to do it and how yeah. to do things differently. SubhanAllah. You know, exactly. so there's a lot of beauty in that, you know, looking and, and appreciating that, you know, things will go wrong. Almost, you know, sort of like just accepting that things will go wrong. But that's part, that's the way it should be because that's how I'm going to learn. How else will I learn, right? There is no failure but feedback. I know it's, it's very popular in, in neurolinguistic programming world, but actually that's true. That's mm -hmm. how we learn everything in our life. We were babies and we, we were, you know, when we started learning, we must have fallen many times before we actually started, you know, walking properly. Mm -hmm. So if we go back to our initial years, you know, just observe children, they are gorgeous and they're amazing and they just, they have a lot of resilience. They don't just give up. You know, yeah. first time they had a tumble or, you know, a minor fall, they wouldn't just, you know, have yeah. their heart broken over that. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so many things that you share that helped you in your professional life, you know, as being, um, you know, as a result of getting in touch with your own inner confidence. Did it also has impact on your personal life or was that not really, you know, impacted with, with confidence or not having enough confidence? That's a great question, Jazakallah And this is the beauty of this work, right? Whenever we work on one area, you know, when we lift one area, we automatically find other areas being lifted. Because, yes. you know, we're, we're bringing the same energy, the same focus, the same drive to whatever we do, right? Yes. And, um, you know, there's a saying that says, everything you do touches everything you do, right? Yes, yes. So by bringing a different energy and, you know, when we work on ourself, we're working on our, on our identity, on who we're becoming, not mm. what we do. And this is a big distinction to make because mm. a lot of people base their identity and it's kind of black and white. I'm confident mm. I'm not based mm. on certain external activities, right? Mm. Certain things that they do. Mm. Our identity is, is actually based on who we are as a person, not mm. what we do. See, I can, I can go and do something. Are you there? Well, I thought I lost you for it. I can go and um, I can go and do something yeah. and not and not be very good at it, but still feel yeah. like you know, I'm I'm good enough and I'm you know and I and I and be confident in the fact that you know what I was brave enough to try this yes. and have a go at it and you know this is what I'm learning from it and this is what I can do differently next. So your, your self-esteem, your self-value, your self-image, all the things that makes up your, your inner confidence doesn't get damaged. The problem is when we link what we do with our identity and our inner confidence, look, if things go well, that's fine. Wow, sorry, this is really bright, isn't it? But <laughs> if things go well, then it's great. We're on cloud nine because life is great. I'm great. Everything's great, right? But the problem yeah. happens when things don't turn out the way we expect or the mm -hmm. way we want our self-esteem can go right down with it and, exactly. and that shouldn't happen because we should have a strong sense of who we are you know what we bring to this world what are our values what are our strengths you know and irrelevant of our external environment that can stay steady and strong and that's really the nature of the work that i do it's really about building that inner foundation so there's that core stability so you know, it's just alhamdulillah, I'm trying, you know, well, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to try this out. And, you know, yeah, it works. No, it didn't work. Okay, what did I learn from this? You know, but you don't change your your view of yourself. Exactly. And, and you know, the view of yourself is, you know, we are having human experience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Allah in best possible way mm-hmm. that can even work out. But if we, as you said, if we associate our our perceived failure and success with our own identity or on our own self, let's sit on so one moment we are feeling great because things take another beautiful hadith that the amazing are the fear you know the affairs of believer whatever happens to him or her it's always good if things does, doesn't go out the way she expected it will be better because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will make it better our job as human beings are to really do our level best and then if the uh, the, the circumstances are you know happening the way we have expected alhamdulillah they didn't happen as we expected learn from it and then make it a little bit better or the third thing could be there's no not really rejection rejection is a redirection that means you know if you would have been you know doing your events and running your events you probably wouldn't be as impactful as you are now so that isn't it you are you're a public speaker now you help so many people you empower other you know women and this is why subhanallah i love coaching because not only you manage to empower other people mm-hmm. It's the same thing for us. We are reminding ourselves about the same positivity and and the impact that we are having on outside world. We are having within ourselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. So many amazing things. The beautiful thing about what you just said is also is that subhanallah when you work and this is something that and this is one of the things I love alhamdulillah about the job that we do mm. is when you help one person it doesn't just stay between you and them. You know, it spills out once they start to feel better about themselves. Once they start to see themselves in a, you know, in a, in a, in a nicer light, in a brighter light. You know, they show up more brighter. They show up more confident. Mm. And they've got more tools and strategies to help others, and it starts to spill out. I mean, one of my clients, Mashallah, um, bless her. She, everything we do with each other, you know, she's then getting her husband on board. Alhamdulillah. And, <laughs> together they're doing it together and, and that's wonderful alhamdulillah i have clients who then go on to teach their children or share it with their sisters and their sister-in-laws alhamdulillah so it really is beyond me and just the client alhamdulillah and you mentioned you know one other thing that uh, which i thought was a great thing that you mentioned alhamdulillah you mentioned you know tawakko and i just wanted to make that point that subhanallah you know tawakko is really the bedrock of confidence as i, as I see it because we know that ultimately we're not in control. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever we have is from Allah. Whatever we do is only by the grace of Allah. Mm-hmm. And whatever we, the impact we have is only from Allah, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, the one who is helping us and he's there. And mm-hmm. so long as our intentions are good, you know, he is, his support is there. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we not feel confident to at least mm-hmm. try to test mm-hmm. things out and to go for things, alhamdulillah. That's yeah. yeah, I love that. I love everything that you said. So I would love to know um, if it's okay with you to share one of the most transformational impact that you had um, for your client's life. You know, I know you mentioned that, you know, when you sometimes share things, it has cascade effect in your client's life. They share it with their husbands or their cousins and even with their children, right? So it's so much, it, it's empowerment beyond imagination, right? Yeah. It's really literally changing lives of families and, you know, yeah. affecting societies. So, so do you remember like the most impact and powerful transformation? you would share so subhanallah one that comes to mind subhanallah and first of all you know i don't want to take any i don't want to take credit for it in the sense that this is all facilitated by allah we are just sources i believe in that too and and whatever goodness came from it is from allah alhamdulillah first and foremost but a story really a recent story actually really comes to mind one of my clients who's uh been going through my breaking barriers program Mm. which is a coaching program that i run and subhanallah she's given me permission actually to share this story because she just shared it with us recently and she said if it will inspire others alhamdulillah so we've been working on how to manage our perspectives how we hold on to things how we you know move ourselves away from that pilot automatic way of thinking you know and reacting to automatic negative thoughts 
Mm. And going more into ownership mode and creating our thoughts and really um, taking control. And mashallah, she's been amazing. She's been doing all of that. She went through uh, the, the, this, a big test, subhanAllah, where she gave birth to a stillborn a few years ago, mm. subhanAllah. subhanAllah. Mm. And uh, alhamdulillah, she's got another child, mashallah. But, you know, it's something that used to really weigh her down and really... You know, I don't think she ever really got over it. It's the thoughts mm. that she was sort of ruminating on and the way she was holding it. And then recently she just had a moment where she just thought, Ya Allah, this was from you. This was mm. from you. There is goodness in this beyond what I know. You so know, I know what I don't. And I completely release myself. You know, tawakkal I say is like um, free falling. You let go of everything and you just free fall. Knowing that yeah. Allah is going to catch you, inshallah. Yeah. Yes. And she did that. And she and with this incident, she you know with this event in her life, she, she just let go of everything and just fell to Allah and said, Ya Allah, I accept you did this for the best. Within one week, Subhanallah, she got the news she was pregnant again. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And this is after a few years of you know, and then they wanted to have children, but. Yeah. She felt it was a direct answer from Allah, subhanAllah. Mm. Mm. You know, and that's just by shifting her thoughts. Mm. Just by, you know, subhanAllah, releasing the way that she was holding on to it negatively and just trusting Allah. And subhanAllah, after so many years, you know, after having that moment, she got the wonderful news, mashallah, that she was expecting, subhanAllah. Mm. So, you know, that was, that was really, truly uh, humbling and amazing to hear, subhanAllah the sister's journey and uh, you know may Allah bless her and give her the best inshallah Amen, Amen. SubhanAllah such a powerful story and when you were sharing that I was literally having goosebumps right so obviously there are so, so many things we already know but knowing something from intellectual level is not as good as knowing something insightfully yeah. so she had that wisdom in the moment direct you know consultation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you know it was a goodness for her yeah. you know that baby could have been the biggest test for her I know I because I still work within the NHS as a navigator and I come around so many vulnerable people yeah. who have children they have so many disabilities and subhanallah they come to a point where they just think that there's no end for them or for their loved ones yeah right so this could have been even a bigger test for her and and sometimes people they may when they go through tests anything can happen you know we, we start questioning why is this happening to me right yeah. but the thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what, what was best for her and her family and she was most important yeah. she was able to see that for herself through that insight and, and you know the beautiful thing is Allah revealed himself to her as she sees it Allah revealed him his kindness that he listened that he heard her, saw her efforts and he rewarded her mm. in this world and we know that Allah rewards in this world and the next in and the next one yeah. rewarded her and you know that subhanallah there's you know many subhanallah clients you know who just from doing the work on the inside their relationships with their in-laws change that uh, I had a client, subhanAllah, who actually came to me quite hating her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she had one good thing to say about him, subhanAllah. And, and she was ready to actually like give up and just split. And I said to her, let's do some inner work, please. You know, work on yourself, subhanAllah. So she worked on herself. After about six months, subhanAllah, you know, she saw her husband in a completely different light just because she repaired the relationship with herself. Her relationship with her husband improved, alhamdulillah. And, you know, and he didn't actually change. All the changes happened within her. And this is the power of this work, because you do, you what's within your control, you change. Mm. You're not change someone else, you know, alhamdulillah. Mm. Subhanallah, that is so true. And th this is the beauty of coaching, right? That, you know, our circumstances may not change, but your own relationship with yourself it just changes and just because you start seeing things from a different light different perspective you start yeah. seeing everything 
you know, from a different different perspective. We had so many people, and uh, Sister Sharifa just left a very kind, beautiful message. Sister Hafsa is a beautiful lady. She has a beautiful gift where she is able to change lives in the most positive way. Thank you so much. Zakamullah. Sharifa is a beautiful sister, mashallah, who put in a lot of effort, and mashallah, you know, she's got a lot of strength that inspires a lot of people, mashallah. Subhanallah. Lovely that she's watching, alhamdulillah. <laughs> we have quite a lot of people, but you know what? I think we, our connection is not very stable today. So sometimes I, I lose you for a split second. And uh, then... Twice. Okay, I'm not sure if it's on my side. Yeah. It could be the broadcast that we are using. It's like refusing to sort of leave. interfering with our connection right now <laughs> yeah so guys if you are watching please feel free to you know ask any question to sister Habza or myself around the topics of confidence and resilience and i keep on sharing this every time because people ask me questions later on if they want to hear it in podcast because when you're on the run it's easier to listen than watch so i know I, you know when i'm out and about traveling i listen to podcasts rather than watching because it's uh, less distracting yeah. right so Amazing. Yeah. We can talk here forever. Allah, <laughs> definitely. But I'm really tempted to find out and dig a little bit deeper into this question. I know you shared your powerful story and how confidence helped you and, you know, impacted your whole life. But what would you say was the most defining moment in your entrepreneurial journey? Um... I would actually say probably the most defining moment was when I redefined what success meant for me. Because, you know, in this um, space of entrepreneurship, hmm. we get bombarded with a lot of messaging around targets, around, you know, what it means to be successful. And, and usually it's linked to financial sort of uh, security. security in terms. And yes, of course, you know, we're running businesses. But I think when I redefined what success meant to me across the spectrum, meaning that, you know, my success wasn't just about how successful I am as an entrepreneur. My success also is how successful am I being as a mother? How successfully am I looking after my health? How successfully, successfully am I being there for my parents, for my friends, for my loved ones? You know, um, how much time out do I give myself? All of that is part of your success um, and should be part of the entrepreneurship journey because burnout is real. I've burned out many, many times. My health has definitely taken a beating many times and I'm a big advocate of work-life boundaries and, you know, making sure that you step back. It's healthier to step back. And, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen Covey and Seven Habits of Highly... I am. I love him, yes. And one of the principles being to sharpen your axe, right? Um, yes. To me, this is sharpening your axe, right? So uh, for those that don't know, you know, rather than just hitting that tree with the same axe over and over and over and the, nut, and the, the axe is blunt and, you know, yeah. you pin so much effort in, you know, and uh, and it's just not, you're not getting the results. That tree's not like, you know, uh, going over, right? Every so often it's important to step back and just sharpen the axe and take that time out. Mm. And so for us, taking that time out is making sure that our spiritual being, emotional being, uh, mental being, physical being is all being taken care of as well as we go through this entrepreneurship journey. And that to me is success. And so that was probably my defining moment in this journey. That's so important. And you know what, I, I resonate with everything that you said so much so that SubhanAllah, I was inspired to run an event on total transformation because when you know we look at transformation or we look at you know self-development people sometimes just see it on a mental level sometimes people see it on a physical level or they see it on a spiritual level or emotional level so subhanallah i was able to create this for myself that you know your success is your total transformation you are you know everything is linked in in your life and if you if one area of your life is out of alignment it it would affect other areas of your life it would drain your energy and if you don't have enough energy you may be you know you may snap out on your children you may not be kind to yourself 
it may affect your spirituality. So each area is linked with each other area. 100%. And we're kind of uh, in this hustle culture where it's all yes. about hustle, 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 hustle. And I'm, I'm quite dead against that because I think, you know, if you're an individual, even if you are a single person on your own, even still, you're human. You're not a robot. You need to exactly. Take you need yes. to give your body its rights. You need to, you know, one of the things that I've started, you may be aware of with uh, Brother Sadat as well, is yes. and Lean. Yeah. And, you know, which is a health program, which is so important. And this is why it's so important, because if we're not taking our, care of our health in the holistic sense. Exactly. You know, then uh, actually we're doing ourselves a big disservice. Hmm. And so, you know, we started this initiative to help people with health, but on a holistic level, all dimensions, you know, spiritual, physical, emotional, um, yeah. that we can be our strongest self. So we can show exactly. up powerfully and strong, subhanAllah, as we're supposed to be. Yeah. And it, it increases our productivity. It doesn't take us away from our purpose. I know yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs, they are notorious, you know, and I was like that as well. I had a couple of businesses before. I started, uh, you know, coaching people mm -hmm. and and I am also a single mom. So I was doing two people's job so plus fun. plus I had my own business. And I and when you say that, you know, burnout is real, I know. Right. So I learned it the hard way as well. And self-care sometimes, you know, when people think that self-care is thinking about yourself is maybe selfish. Right. Oh, you're you're thinking about yourself. But if you're not good enough, well enough, physically, mentally, emotionally, how on earth, you know, that you can messaging is so damaging. That messaging yes. is so damaging. Self-care is to me selfless because why? You see, we, we always sort of stay at the surface level, but we want to go beneath that a little bit. You know, exactly. I always believe in going beneath the surface and going deeper. Why do we want to take self-care? Is it just so that I can be, you know, really strong and really, you know, uh, the best? can be the best wife that I can be or the best friend that I can be or the best you know then it's actually not a selfish thing to do it's actually a very self it becomes selfless and it becomes an act of ibadah as well you know and our body has rights over us and we'll be questioned you know how did you take care of this amana that I gave you this gift that I gave you your body um, you know so and, and I understand sometimes you know like people do say look but what choice do I have I have sick parents I have to look after. I have to work or my bills don't get paid. And, and I understand, you know, we're tested in different ways. But it, the more mindful we can stay of how we manage everything, and that's going to change person to person. But so long as we're mindful of it, then, you know, we can have, um, we can show up as powerfully as we possibly can in the, in the circumstances we're in, inshallah. Exactly. And I had my biggest insight around, you know, self-care. You know, along the things that you said, that our bodies are amana. And Allah would ask us, I gave you this, you know, perfect, beautiful body. How do you treat it? Absolutely. We only get one body. In one we only life. get one body. And subhanAllah, working within the NHS, it has made me realize that, you know, the importance of our, all areas of our health, but, ex but for our physical health as well. Yeah. When I used to work as a you know national health educator, I worked with so many people who had long-term health conditions, mm -hmm. and no money in the world would be able to replace you know what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us in terms of our physical health. It's a absolutely. gift. Absolutely, oh, you know the hadith the Prophet said that there are two virtues that my uh, that that Allah has given His Ummah that you know that they will they won't value. And that mm. is health and time. You know, mm. we don't value health. Typically, we don't value health while we have it. Why do we wait until it's gone? Yeah. You know, why do we wait until it's taken away? I mean, to be honest, I speak from experience because that's ha happened to me many, many times. Where I've literally just, my body has just stopped me in my tracks and said, I'm done. I've had enough. You can do what you like, but you, I'm going to be in bed for three weeks and I'm moving. And, you know, and, and that's, that's been a, okay, as hard as it was, it was a big blessing from Allah. Yes. Because it gave me a chance to reevaluate, reassess, reflect, change, reprioritize. And one big understanding I've come to is that I've, health has got to come right there at the top. Hmm. Got to exactly. take care of that. Yeah. 
couldn't agree more. And and one thing that you mentioned, and I will quickly you know touch base on that as well, time, right? So we don't value our health and we don't value our time. But if we go back to basics, right? If we go back to what you know our Dean teaches us, mm. I say prayer is the best time you know management or productivity tool ever. If we just start working our life around our prayer timings. It helps us in so many ways, subhanAllah, and I have found it so helpful, you know, between my first prayer to second prayer, I do my major, you know, chunky, chunky work. It's a good idea. Yeah, between my second prayer to my third prayer, Dhuhr to Asr prayer, then there's another time, another activity that I'm doing. And then from Asr to Maghrib, I'm doing my household work, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. So if we start working our life around our prayer timings, you know, we are already members of 5am club anyway. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, yeah. Oh, that barakah in the morning, that time. You know, a lot of people have a very unhealthy relationship with time, but time is never really the issue. You know, we, we can be working hard all day, but are we working smart? And are we working efficiently? And time is never really the issue. It's just what we fill our time with and how we think of time. That exactly. is the issue. Yeah. We have a question, and I'm going to ask. Uh, wow, that's a heavy bike. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I yeah, I don't know if it's a bike or something, but somebody's oh, passionately yeah, driving. Yeah. <laughs> driving. <laughs> they got their Harley Davidson out. <laughs> I have a question from BB, um, who is asking that uh, when people hurt mostly people lack confidence. Baby, can you please, uh, you know, elaborate your question? Um, are you talking about from lack of confidence perspective that, you know, um, do you feel hurt that you have lack of confidence? I think if while Baby's uh, rephrasing that, perhaps um, if I just speak of that from my understanding of it, she's saying yes. that when we get hurt, confidence takes a beating yes but so here's the thing if we become reactive to that person and we hand over our emotions to them Mm. and we then allow them in Mm. we then you know we react and respond to that hurt and that pain Mm. then you know our confidence is one of the first things to go because we we absorb that in and then we take it personally and then it's the meanings that we give it the meanings about ourself that then changes our self-image how we're seeing ourselves. Mm-hmm. you see it's, it's all happening it's all happening up here it's not the event itself it's not what the person has done itself that makes mm-hmm. us feel what we're mm-hmm. feeling it's what we're saying up here and I know this is really hard for some people to grasp perhaps where they are right now because they feel like, well, I'm a victim of this. They've done this. Mm. This is not my problem. This is their problem. Mm. But yeah, that's it. If somebody's mm. hurt you and, you know, they're reacting from their space, then mm. that is a reflection of them. And that is their problem. And you make the well for them. But we don't need to let that in. We don't need to absorb that pain and that hurt. We have that control is within our control, right? The control of our emotions emotions we know and feelings is coming from our thoughts so how have i interpreted what has happened when we take responsibility of that interpretation our confidence doesn't need to go down depend on that yeah you're reminding me yes yeah subhanallah you're reminding me of two things you know yes our confidence does not have to be dependent on that and we we feel our thinking in the moment right and the meaning that we give it Mm. a very beautiful saying from Maya Angelou and I'm paraphrasing that that you know people nobody has the power to make me feel in a certain way right because we give that person power to make us feel good or bad yeah other person's comments or whatever they are saying they might be coming from their own thinking in that moment and that might not be very helpful that might be hurtful on the outside but that doesn't mean they have the power to hurt us it's how we have interpreted that the story yeah yeah people saying and you know this from subhanallah again look at the wisdom in islam you know one of the 
one of the traits that we are told time and time again and one of the, the qualities that Allah speaks about himself as having subhanAllah the most compassionate one mm. the compassion this does not mean that we continue putting ourselves in the firing line and we keep getting hurt by the way exactly. you know sabr doesn't mean to just keep getting you know abused or keep getting you know attacked or being a victim it means be proactive but we don't need to absorb that those words and feel that pain and that hurt we can take responsibility for whether we choose to uh, to accept what they're saying verbatim and say wow you said i'm mean so that means i'm mean you see me as a mean person the world now sees me as a mean person you, do you know what i mean like it just cascades into something else but who's yeah. actually done it have they done it or have we done it mm -hmm. And if we can take responsibility for that and understand that, you know, this person might be speaking from their own hurt. They're mm. attacking me because hurt people hurt people. Mm. People who are hurt typically hurt other people if they're not managing themselves well. Yeah, so unless they have their own inner work done and understood their own emotions, right? And and as you said, and, and I love this point, and I do empower my own clients on the same understanding that you know don't become a doormat right so protect yourself safeguard yourself so if you're in a situation where somebody has managed to hurt you and having a heartfelt communication didn't help we can find ways of you know not letting ourselves be exposed in that situation Absolutely. in future but one thing that comes to mind and and i think this goes back to the story that you shared with about your client that she went you know she had nothing nice to say about her husband when she started working with with you right so she only had to change her own perspective so sometimes we just have to change our own perspective and things start shifting automatically when we become more kind and soft yeah. you know yeah yeah. yeah absolutely sorry you were saying something Aisha no, 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 that's what I was gonna say but yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off but this is this is what I'm saying that sometimes you know when we start seeing things from a different perspective if we if we do our own inner work if we manage to see that we are actually not being controlled by other people and the way you know they perceive us our, our own identity is not dependent on that our emotional thermometer doesn't go up and down so yeah, I would actually take it a step back and say that it doesn't necessarily matter what they perceive of us. You know, it's how we see ourselves and how we believe Allah sees us that counts because we can't control someone else's thinking. Sometimes we yeah, and also we we tend we try to mind read. You know, we think this person is thinking this about us when they could be thinking the complete opposite. Right? And we are very sure about that mind read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're certain. You know, like this is it. You know, this is what they're thinking, and uh, and this is what they think about me, and then we react. So I think the distinction is: are we re reactive to when someone hurts us, or are we proactive when right. someone hurts us? you know, uh, in order to manage our own emotions and move forward from that in the strongest way, mm. you know, the best version of ourselves, mm. and not going down with it. Mm. Exactly. Love it. SubhanAllah. Well, I am actually aware of the time, Sister Hafsa, and I know people will have more questions later on. So guys, if you have more questions, please feel free to leave them here. I would highly recommend you showing up live around, you know, uh, for these uh, lives so you can ask as many questions as possible to my guests. But, you know, if I, I will try my best to come back and answer them. And Sister Hafsa, if people want to contact you or follow your work where yeah. can they reach you uh, so you can find me on my personal profile page Hafsa Adham Hafsa with a H on the end Adam with a H A M or <laughs> I have to make that because a lot of people spell my name without the H on the end and um, or you can go to my page The Confident Muslima on Facebook with a H on the end Muslima <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme here, isn't it? Or you can go to my um, website, www.theconfidentmuslima.com. But I'll, I'll put some links um, in the Please. comments section, inshallah. Yes, yeah, uh, I, would, so, I would say that. Yeah. Brilliant. So, any parsing advice to our lovely viewers? Um, just, just know that. Allah created you, alhamdulillah. So that in itself tells you how amazing you are. 
that you are the creation of Allah. See yourself first as Allah sees you. And he says, you know, Allah says that he created us as the best of creation. SubhanAllah. Mm -hmm. So when he's elevated our ranks, let's not beat ourselves down. Every mm -hmm. single one of you has been gifted with amazing strengths and talents. Mm -hmm. So for anyone out there thinking, I'm no good or I've got nothing to offer, that is simply not true. Mm -hmm. Of course you are. Um, you just need to go on a treasure hunt and dig and you will find, inshallah. And, uh, exactly. and you know, you have so much value that you can offer, alhamdulillah. So sometimes we just need a little bit of help though. And, and I guess this is where coaching comes in, you know, just to have someone to, to pull it out um, of you because we're so used to seeing things in a negative way, what's lacking, what's not there. You know, haven't, we're just looking in the wrong direction. So, but yeah, alhamdulillah, just, just believe that you are, alhamdulillah, the creation of Allah and know that and you're awesome, alhamdulillah. Yeah, and uh, I, I love coaching because coaches are, they show us our blind spots of excellence, right? So, yeah, yeah love it. Thank you so much, Jazakumullah Khair, sis. Oh, yeah. And uh, I cannot thank you enough, yeah, for your time. Bye, yeah. My pleasure, my pleasure, alhamdulillah. Thank you. Assalamualaikum. Well, folks, this was Sister Hafsa Adam from UK, and I cannot thank her enough for her time. Right, and going back to confidence or your own self worth, thoughts are really, really important. Whatever you think, you really become. Right, our thoughts play a very important role in our lives. And, you know, I, I cannot seem to, you know, get tired of saying this enough because. I would really like you to see this insightfully for yourself that you are born with natural gift of resilience and you have infinite confidence if if you if you think you're not confident then this becomes your reality right so i would highly recommend you going back and watching the replay if you haven't seen the replay from before because sister hapta she has shared you know a lot of wisdom and her own story of confidence which was really you know inspirational subhanallah and if you have followed my work, you would know that I'm all about making things effortless. This is why I invite guest speakers on certain topics that covers different parts of resilience, right? For some people, it might be that they struggle with confidence. For some people, it might be that they struggle with their own self-esteem or public speaking. Whatever you think that, you know, you need to work on yourself, all you have to do is find out the area that you need to work on and create a simple strategy around that, right? So this brings us towards the end of today's show. And Sister Hapsa would leave her details in the comment below. Please feel free to uh, follow it. But I am inspired to share something related to confidence from another coach, Jake Valentine. He talks about confidence as a cycle, right? There is a cycle for confidence and there's a cycle for doubt. And this, this again goes back to the stories that we tell ourselves. So if you're coming from a doubtful perspective and if you have the thoughts that bring doubts in your mind, the doubt cycle says that you can and then doubt says that don't do the work because you probably won't get the results anyway. And then doubt cycle says that you don't get the results you want because you didn't do the work. Now your doubt has grown even stronger and the, con the doubt cycle will repeat. If you're coming from a confidence cycle, and then again, it's based on a thought, it's based on how you perceive yourself. The confidence cycle says that believe you can. And then it repeats and it says that do the work because you will get the result. Believe in yourself and you get the result because you did all the work. And now your belief cycle has grown even stronger and the cycle repeats itself. So whatever thoughts you're focusing on, your mind helps you, you know, attracting similar thoughts in your life. So you have free will. You always have free will to focus on thoughts that are empowering you, uplifting you and helping in your life. Or you can think about thoughts that are disempowering you. Right, and on that note, um, I love you and leave you. But before I go, I want to invite you to uh, my live webinar with um, with another amazing coach from USA, Sister Cordelia. We are doing a live webinar for professional women and entrepreneurs on total transformation. 
if you're interested in, send me a private message and I will send you a sign up link because it's by invitations only. And next week, inshallah, I am inviting another amazing sister from uh, Birmingham, UK, and she will talk about her own journey and how resilience has helped her in her personal and professional life. Until next time, guys, I love you and leave you. Take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum.